Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. We started a series last weekend in our series. Uh, we're calling it Free You. That stands for Free University, so we're, or Freedom University. We're going back to school for a few weeks, and we're, we're going to learn how to... Uh, get freedom in some areas of our life that really requires what I call progressive freedom. Sometimes there are things that don't happen overnight, but it's still the will of God. It's still the plan of God for those things to, to um, in, in our lives, bring us freedom and, and bring us direction. And so we're, we've been talking about some things. Last weekend, we talked about how to get freedom in your mind. We're going to talk about how to get freedom in your heart how to get freedom in areas of your flesh over the next few weeks. And Jesus said something in the book of John that, that is really, really, really essential, and it's really important. And what Jesus said was this, that if you continue in the word of God, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you but the word uh, that's in, important there is that we continue in the word, which means it's something that you and I need to... Can, Pastor Ryan, can I have that notebook you have right there? It is... Uh, thank you. I want to make sure I have the right scriptures for you here today since my iPad is full of the devil right now. Um, but Jesus said this in the book of John. He said, if you continue in the word, that means we need to be in the word, under the word, attached to the word, receiving the word of God. And if we do that, the Bible says you will come to discover or you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The word know is an interesting word. The word know is actually our word for um, intimacy, even actually the word intercourse. So the more you're in the word of God, the word of God, you'll discover what the truth is and the truth will do what? It will set you free. That means it will liberate you from that which has restrained you and it will liberate you in, to be able to believe and behave like you desire. And so we're going to go to week two here um, this morning. And I want to start off with, with a few questions. And this requires everybody to participate. So if this uh, is you, I want you to raise your hand whenever uh, I ask this question if, if it's a yes from you. Uh, do you wish that you could go back in time and change something that you said? I assume that. Has anyone said anything this week that you wish you could go back and delete? Half of the other half of you are not so spiritual. Half of you are very spiritual. And here's a tough one. Are there any of you that recognize that you struggle sometimes with your mouth? Three-fourths of you tell the truth. The other fourth, you're a bunch of liars. <laughs> I want to talk for the next few moments about how you and I can experience freedom with our words, freedom with our mouth. And the book of James, we're going to go there this morning, the book of James in chapter 2 Starting at verse 2, it says this, we all stumble in many ways. Now, that's written to us in the present tense. And because it's written in the present tense, it tells us this, that we have a tendency. You and I have a tendency to stumble. A better way of saying it is we have a tendency to lose our footing and trip over some things frequently. 
So if that's right, I might be looking at a room full of stumblers this morning. Any, anyone ever stumbled? But, but let's, let's read on because this, this verse really opens some things to us. Uh, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. And they are able to keep their whole body in check. Well, the Bible says this. If we're able to hold our tongues or keep our words in check, we're perfect. A better way of saying perfect is we are fully maturing in our character. Or it is evidence that we are maturing and we are developing in godly character. So we could say this. The words that come out of our mouths, the words that come out of my mouth, the words that come out of your mouth, they are a barometer to our spiritual maturity. Look at someone and say, ouch. And then look at him again and say, you need to hear what he's about to say. <laughs> so we're stumblers, and we stumble in many ways, especially with our mouths. And the Bible said, if we can learn to get freedom in the area of what we're saying, the Bible says that's evidence that we are really maturing in the things of God. We're really growing in the things of God. Of God. So let's, let's read on. Let's read it in, in verse 3. And it says this, we, we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us. And we can turn the whole animal, or we can take ships as an example, and although they are so large and they're driven by strong winds, they are steered by a small rudder whenever or wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. It's a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, as, and in itself it is also set on fire, look what it says, by hell. That, those are some pretty strong words. And the, and the Bible says some things about our tongue and our mouth and our words. And this morning, I want to talk to you about how you and I can, can begin to get freedom in the area of our mouths because we're going to keep stumbling in many ways if you and I don't learn to get liberated in that area. And, and many of you said, I wish I could go back and erase something. Some of you said, I wish I could go back this week. And, and most of you said, I think I struggle sometimes with my words or with my mouth. So y'all ready to make some life points? Here's the first life point, And it's this, that your mouth is mighty. Let's say that together. My mouth is mighty. In other words, there are power in your words. There is power in the things that you say. There is power from what you are saying. They actually say that the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body. Your tongue. And so I looked up these statistics and it says this. There are 800 words in the English language. 300,000 of those 800,000 words are technical words, or they're scientific words. We don't use those a lot. But 500,000 of those words are what we call common language words that, that we use. Now, the average person knows 10,000 of those words and uses 5,000 of those words every day. In other words, you spend one-eighth of your life yapping and talking. Some of you much higher than that. If that's true, you are writing 50 pages a day. That's equal to 132 books with 200 pages 
a year. This is the best thing I can think of what you and I look like. How many know we talk a lot? We, we have a tendency to yap a lot. Proverbs says this, words can bring life or words can bring death. If you talk too much or you can bring death or life, talk too much and you'll eat every word that you say. Once again, someone say, ouch. Proverbs says this, if you guard your lips, you will preserve your life. If you speak rashly, you will ruin your life. See, here's the deal. There, are, there is power in our words, or our words contain power. And so I was thinking about the power that's contained in our words, and there's some, there's some different things that would fit under that category. First of all, your words have the power to create. Everyone say create. So there, these words that you speak have the power to be creative. Now think about this. The Bible says this, that the spirit of God was hovering and he spoke and that's how he created. That's how God created the world that we, we are in. He spoke and created those things. It tells us that in the book of Genesis. And the Bible says this, that you and I are actually molded and created in the exact image of God, the imagio Dei, the Bible says, of God. And so if God is a spirit and he speaks, guess what? Our words are creative. They're prophetic seeds. Every time you speak, what are you doing? You are prophesying. You are speaking. Those are seeds. And every seed produces a what? Produces a harvest. So words are very creative. They, they can change things. That's why Jesus said, if you speak to the mountain, the mountain will what? Move. So words are very creative. They have the power to create. They have the power to, to change things. They have the power to um, alter things. They have the power to make things move and change. So your words are very powerful. Not only are you, do your words have the power to create, your words also have the power to connect or they have the power to convey certain messages. For, for, for example, you, when, you, when you connect and say something, it builds a bridge to things. For example, I could talk to you for a few moments and I could, I could tell real, real quickly um, what your passions are or what's important to you. Because when you speak, it, it, it builds those bridges. For example, if we talk, God help us, but if we talk politics for a moment, I could tell where you land on the political landscape. I could tell what you're thinking about things. I could tell your stance on things by just hearing the word you say, because your words will build bridges to a political party or a political ideology. They'll also build bridges to what you believe. I can tell what you believe about the Bible, what you don't believe about God, what you do believe about God. Why? Because they're always building bridges. I could tell what uh, you, you believe. I, I could tell real quick about... Um, the, the habits you have or the interests you have or the hobbies you have or the sports teams that you support or that you cheer for because your words will build a bridge to those things. You know, your words can also build some bridges to, to other things like uh, faith or fear, to your convictions or to your opinions. Are y'all following me? 
Our words have the power because they, they convey these messages to us. Um, that, that I could tell if you have confidence or doubt. I could tell if you have hurt or healing, uh, what you believe about sickness or health. They convey these messages. So your words are extremely important because they're, they have the power to create, they have the power to convey these messages. But your, your words also have the power to corrupt. So your words have life or they have death attached to them. Ephesians says this, never let ugly or hateful words come out of your mouth. Never let those ugly words. Most translations say something like this, never let corrupt conversation come out of your mouth. Well, I think we think sometimes we know what that phrase corrupt conversation is. But what, what falls under the category of corrupt conversation? Well, you would find some things like this under corrupt conversation. Um, dishonesty or lying. That falls under corrupt conversation. Strifeful words. Negative talk. Obviously, obscene falls under that. Being critical falls under that. Gossiping falls under that. You know what the the interpretation of the word gossip is, it means to whisper. When you just whisper news, you whisper stuff to people, you whisper those things. And angry words, all of these things fall under the category of corrupt conversation. So your mouth is mighty. You might just think it's just yours to say whatever you want to. And I, and I made a statement last week. And I said, as a believer, you and I don't have the right to just think whatever we want to. The Bible says, put your thoughts on things that are higher. And I'll go a step further this week and say, I also believe that as a believer, we don't have a right to just say whatever we want to say. We don't have a right just to be opinionated. We don't hold that right. Why? Because we've learned. As we read, the Bible says, if you can hold your tongue, if you can get freedom in what you say, guess what? You're going to show off evidence that you are spiritually mature, that God is changing you, rearranging you, altering. You are proving that you are who he says you are. But this is an area that you and I really need to get a, a grip on. This is an area that we really need to make sure that God is altering us in this area. So your mouth is mighty. Life point number two, guess what? Your tongue is tricky. Your tongue is, everybody, uh-huh. Your, your, your tongue is tricky. James went on to say this, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and even the sea creatures are being tamed. And they have been tamed by mankind, but no human can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of what? Deadly toxins or deadly poisons. So the Bible says this, you can try as much as you want to, you on your own are not going to be able to subdue your tongue. Has anyone ever tried? You've got this build up. I'm going to watch my words until somebody crosses the line or cuts you off in traffic. And you know, at that moment, you feel God telling you, you need to tell them how to drive. <laughs> Man, this is something that we wrestle with. And it's tricky. 
But when I read that scripture and it says, humans do not have the power. You can tame all these animals, but you can't tame the tongue. But you know what that scripture doesn't say? That the Holy Spirit can't tame your tongue. It does not say that. And the Bible says this, what is impossible with men is actually very possible with God. And the Bible goes on and it says this, you're able to do all things that Christ empowers you to do. So you just say, okay, pastor, and the Bible says, I can't tame my tongue, but you're saying that with God it's possible to do so. How does that happen? Well, if you remember last week, I said one of the important things you and I need to do on a daily basis is surrender and lay down our thinking. Do you know what we need to do on a daily basis is also surrender our tongues to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaking through me has never told anyone off. When the Holy Spirit controls my tongue, I've never said something stupid to my wife. When the Holy Spirit controls my tongue, I've never been harsh to my kids. But it's something I have to do daily. I pray this prayer every morning. You can ask my wife, God, help us with our thinking today and help us with our words today. Because I know if the Holy Spirit doesn't help me, I will make a mess of things. I know I've said something like this before, but have you just got so stirred up that you just, you're going to let it rip? And like about halfway out, you're like, oh, stink. This is not going to come back very well. It is coming out and you can't stop it. And it gets out there and you're like, what is wrong with me? Why do I say things like this? Everyone ever had a moment like that? Well, we need to say every morning, Holy Spirit, I surrender my tongue because your tongue is tricky. The Bible said there's a world of evil that can come out of your tongue. You can speak a blessing out of your mouth and turn around and speak a cursing, the Bible says. And words are seeds, and they are powerful, but it can be so tricky. That's why you and I need to let the Holy Spirit tame our tongues and allow the Holy Spirit to alter the words that you and I are saying. Amen. It's called submission. It's called surrender. And I want you to know that the moment you came to Jesus, from that moment on, it's about laying you down every day. Laying you down. Laying your thoughts down. Laying your words down every day. That's called surrender. That's called obedience. And that's what God asks of you and me. And as we do that, guess what happens? We, we develop the character and we show forth the evidence that we're maturing in the things of God. If you're around someone and their words are well and their, their words are good and they're not full of criticism and they're not obscene and they're not full of um, negative talk, you're seeing somebody that's, that's maturing. And I want you to know that you can mature in every other area. You can be in church all the time. You can spend time with Jesus. You can read the Bible a lot. You can go to Christian concerts. You can do all of those things. You can listen to podcasts. But I'm telling you, if you do not learn on the same level at the, with the same intensity to lay down your tongue and to lay down and submit your word, the Bible says this, you, you're lacking maturity and you're going to continue to stumble in many ways. I like for us to not be stumblers. I would like for us to be those who are perfect. When I say perfect, you understand, I'm not, we're never going to be perfect till we get to heaven, but mature is actually the word for, for perfect there. How many listen to me so far realize I need to grow up a little bit in the area of our words? Life point number three, 
So what have we said so far? I have said to you that your mouth is mighty, your tongue is tricky. Life point number three, your language is lethal. Everyone say lethal. Your language is lethal. Y'all are quiet with this message this morning, but your language, everyone's not like, woo, hallelujah, praise the Lord. We're all like, oh, stink. But your language is lethal. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. Never let ugly words come from your mouth. Here's the rest of that verse I didn't read a moment ago. But instead, let your words become beautiful, what? Gifts that encourage other people. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Isn't that a cool verse? Don't let your words be ugly. Instead, let your words be beautiful gifts that encourage other people. You do this by speaking words of grace to them. So think about that. Your words, they could be a destructive force or it could be a beautiful gift. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about over your life, times people may have said something to you, especially someone with that in a relationship with you or some type of authority in your life. Think about the things they spoke over you and how it steered your life. Some of you know what it's like to have a parent maybe speak things over you. Maybe you heard them say, we didn't count on you. We didn't plan on you. You were an accident. Maybe you heard them say things like this. You can't ever be this. You will never be this. Why do you act that way? And you heard that all of your life. That's the power of words. Language is lethal. Those were destructive words. And it, it framed your thinking. And it framed the path that you've gone on through life. But think about a time maybe someone said to you, you can do this. You got this. You look awesome. Love that dress. <laughs> you got it going on. However they framed that, it was a gift. And it pumped you up. It made you believe a little bit different. It made you think about things a little bit differently. It, it pumped you up. It encouraged you. That's when words are, what the Bible says, they're either ugly or they're beautiful, what? Gifts. So think about the words that come out of my mouth and the words that come out of your mouth. They can be corruptive. They can be ugly. Or they can be beautiful gifts. So if we're saying this as normal human beings, we really, really struggle, really struggle with having control of this. And I love this scripture that I read the other day, Proverbs 21, 23. It's not on the screen, but I added this this morning. I read this the other day. Listen to these words. Watch your words and be careful what you say. And you'll be surprised how few troubles you'll have. <laughs> Watch your words and be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised how few troubles that you really will end up having. You know, the Bible tells us parents, it says this, don't exasperate your children. You know what that means? Don't break their spirit. You know how you break their spirit? The words you say to them breaks their spirit. 
Husbands, you know what the Bible says about us and our words? It says this, that Jesus washes over his church with the word. Do you know that your words wash over your wives? It encourages them. It transforms them. It builds them up. Man, our words are so important. But just think about the things that could be said. If you're, if you're an educator or you're a teacher, you have a classroom full of kids who are the result of what's being said over those kids at home. And you wonder why you're ready to pull your hair out when you leave there from dealing with what you're dealing. It's because of things that are spoken at them and spoken over them, not only just from parents in their lives, but media over their lives. And then they come and they stick them in your classroom for those 30 minutes. I'm telling you, you have the power to speak something else over them. And so as I was praying about this, this, this sermon this morning and realizing how many realize, man, my mouth is mighty, but my tongue is tricky, but my, my language is lethal. How do I get freedom in this area of my words? Because I really want freedom. I really do. I want my character to develop. I, I, want to, I want my words to be the barometer of what Jesus is doing on the inside of me. How do I get control of this that has ran as an untamed animal most of my life? Well, it starts with this. Every day, God, I surrender my tongue. And I want to let you in on this. There'll be a test. As soon as you pray that prayer, I want you to expect someone in your office is going to cross you. <laughs> someone in traffic is going to cut you off. Someone is going to push the buttons. But we, we surrender our tongue. And I want to encourage you with these three things as, as we land this plane this morning. If, if you can surrender your tongue and do these three things that I'm about to tell you, it'll alter, it will alter how you're living, what you're experiencing. You want to hear these three? Yeah. Number one, you talk the gab of grace. I said them this way so they'd be catchy. You talk the gab of grace. Now, when you hear grace, you automatically think about things like forgiveness and God not holding things against you, and that, that's part of it. But the word grace also means to empower you. If you can talk the gab of grace, because you and I do a lot of gabbing, don't we? All day. We use all those words to gab. But the gab of grace. The, the, the Bible actually says this to us in Colossians. Always let your speech be seasoned with salt. Well, when you read scriptures that say you're the light and you're the salt, that's, anytime you see the word light, it's talking about action. But anytime you see the word salt, it's talking about your words. So when Jesus said you're, you're the light and you're the salt, he's saying that your actions are the light that point the way to him, and your salt or your words are the words that attract or point towards Jesus. So every time you speak grace-filled words, you're seasoning just like, how many of you like to salt things? So I am not much of a salt person. I, I know my wife will cook with some, but I don't salt things. But my wife and my girls, when the fries come out, actually when anything comes out, it's like, my oldest, I mean, you get up there, salt everywhere. Everything is just like, 
why that's a seasoning. But when you season your conversation with grace, it's like pouring the goodness of God all over things. It's pouring the empowerment of Christ all over things. So let the words that come out of your mouth just be grace. So what do you mean by grace? Well, grace is the opposite of that ugly conversation. Remember the things that were on that list? Dishonesty, criticism, angry words, obscene words, negative talk. Every time you join that conversation, it's the opposite of grace. So what, what can you do? Start speaking the opposite of those things. When everyone wants to have a conversation about how bad everything is, you've got to insert some grace. Instead of agreeing with CNN, what do you do? You've got to insert some grace. What? That's, that's your opportunity to prophesy what God said about it. When your kid's acting one way, you need to speak grace over them, which is they're acting a fool, you need to speak the grace of God over them. When you're challenged with something, you're like, I don't know how to do this. I, I'm not going to be able to do this. You know what grace says? I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. When you're in fear, you know what grace does? Grace says, I, I can do all things through Christ. I, I do not have a spirit of fear. I have a, a spirit of power, love, a sound mind. That's putting grace to those things. That's how you begin to get freedom in the air of your mouth. You deliberately and you intentionally speak grace over things. It may not look like it, and it may not feel like it. You may have to, maybe you've had a physical challenge in your body. You have to speak what? Grace to it. So grace is seasoning those things. I talk the gab of grace. What else do I do? I speak the lingo of love. I speak the lingo of love. The Bible says this, we're supposed to encourage one another. We're supposed to what? Build each other up. You know that's what love does? Love builds up. Did I get those out of order? Speak the lingo of love, talk the gap of grace. The lingo of love, speak love, encourage people. Speak, because what, what, what does your mouth want to do? Complain, describe the problem. What if we begin to practice just speaking the lingo of love? You can do this. You look good today. That was an awesome job. You got this. Now think about this. I'm talking about the power of your words. What if we would reverse that and sprinkle grace on it? And what if we would encourage and build up? That's what the Bible says. The Bible says we should come along each other and stir each other up to good works. You know what the natural default is in us? Is negative. It's, it is negative. They say that, what did I say last week? 70% of your thoughts are negative. Remember what the Bible said. We're going to stumble in many ways. But man, if we could get a hold of our tongue, getting a hold of your tongue, well, what does that mean? Well, I speak the lingo of love. I speak love. I speak love. I speak love. I pour grace on. And here's the other one. I proclaim the forecast of what? Faith. I believe these are the three things we need to spend our time yapping about. What if this was not you just spewing off opinions and thoughts and reports, what if this was you spewing off grace, love, and faith? What if you, if you spent your time intentionally talking so much love, so much grace, so much faith, what could happen in the world around you and in you? 
What if I said to you that your sphere, wherever your sphere goes, you have a say in that sphere? Now, you may not have a say in what comes at that sphere or what tries to penetrate that sphere or invade that sphere, but you do have the say in your response. I read this the other day. I hope I can communicate this the right way that it, it should grab your heart. Jesus did not spend his time or energy going around responding to the devil. Jesus went around invading the space of the devil. Going forth, the Bible said he went to village after village delivering all of those oppressed by the devil. He was willing to go confront, but he was on the offense, not the defense. He didn't just go around responding. He went around invading those. The reason why I shared that with you is we play the defense so much. But what if we were a little more offensive or aggressive with setting the atmosphere around us, and we do it with our words. If you spent all of your time speaking love and building people up, you would not have enough time to criticize everybody. And if you went around pouring grace on things, you wouldn't have the time to be so negative. And if you went around forecasting faith, you wouldn't have time to complain. You would always be in what? Expectancy and anticipation. Because I'm prophesying what God said over my kids. I can't wait to see it happen. I've prophesied this over my body. I've prophesied this over my finances. I've prophesied this over my future. I've prophesied what God says about the direction of our life, the career. If you spend your time forecasting faith, you do not have time to be in fear and you do not have time to be in unbelief. Are y'all getting that? That's how you get liberated in the area of your mouth. But what do we do? We sit back and we get negative. We get critical. And we're sometimes full of fear and doubt. Because we want to describe how bad something is. Or things have been said to us so those things come out of us. I want you to know the Bible said uh, that praise and cursing shouldn't come out of your mouth. You know what shouldn't come out of our mouth? Is being full of criticism and then trying to praise God the next moment. That's what this scripture is all about. This, this shouldn't be so. He has changed the wellspring of our life. He has changed the wellspring of our lives. Our lives. Out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth does something. It does what? Sometimes out of the abundance of our heart, our yapper just yaps. Sometimes out of the abundance of our heart, we just hurl things out there. I'm just saying, this is what this scripture is about. They're all getting something good out of this. Your mouth is mighty. Think about that. But your tongue is tricky. But your language is lethal. What if I said God wants to use you to be his voice? What would that mean? Well, where you work, what if you were God's voice? Where you teach, what if you were God's voice? Where you shop, what if you were God's voice? Where you live, what if you were God's voice? It's 
So not only do we need to answer some things with our voice, we need to be very prophetic and change the atmosphere around us. Change the atmosphere around us. You say, well, you're just talking about being positive. Exactly. I am talking about being positive. The Bible is very positive. It, it is in your favor. Look at all of the chaos going around, around us. What if you were God's voice to speak at that chaos? Come on, are you hearing me? I'm saying in you, in you is the power to declare life or death. How many, though, can look and say, man, sometimes I spend too much time declaring death? Too much time declaring Because let, I'll let you in on this. So, sometimes messages like this, we're thinking about, oh, man, this person needs to hear this, or, man, I hope they're hearing this. I hope they're hearing, thank you. I hope they're hearing this. I hope they're getting this. Well, this is for them. And we're looking around thinking, oh, this is, this, yeah, this is a good, it's not one we need to hear, though. It's one we need to embrace. So if we could all stand to our feet, because we're in Freedom University, I gave you all an assignment last week. Guess what? I, I have an assignment for you again. That's the paper that you received when you came in. If you didn't get one, if you waved, I'll make sure that you get one. And on your assignment sheet... I ask you a question. Which can you season with grace? Now be honest, because the first word is dishonesty on there. What would you, don't circle them all. I, I said this last week. Someone came up to me and said, I need to circle them all. I get that. But you can only take on one at a time or you will explode. What, what's your verbal challenge? Man, you say, man, sometimes I, I do, I just... I get challenged with the honesty thing. Or maybe you're like, I just speak strifeful words. You know, the, there's, there's, we can speak just strife. Some people just have a way of stirring up strife. And if you struggle with that, be honest. Or if you know, like, I mean, I am just so negative talking sometimes. Or I'm too critical. Or I'm obscene sometimes. Or I, I do, I like to call it just sharing prayer requests, but it really is just gossip. Or maybe it's just angry words. What, what's yours? All right, I'll let you circle too, but just don't circle all of them. What would be the thing that you could say, God, and this is, this is the area I need to just really start surrendering my tongue in. And we're going to do a worship song, and let God speak to you about that. The next one is, who can you build up? Who can you not only speak grace to, who could you put on your list? Maybe you don't have three. Maybe it's just one, but who could you say, I know God's telling me my assignment is to encourage and build this person up? And then lastly, what can you forecast faith to? Maybe it's over your kids. Maybe it's over your body. Maybe it's over your finances. If we stay busy, this is your assignment this week. If we stay busy forecasting faith, building others up, and seasoning our words with grace, I'm telling you, you'll watch the tra trajectory of your life change. Did anyone come to realize this morning how important what we say is? How important. We, we've talked about faith in our words before. But we also know that our words, not only can they build things up, they can tear things down. And as these guys lead us in worship, I want us to do something 
I want us to check our hearts because we might need to, at this moment, say, God, I've just been flying off at the mouth. I've just been letting my opinions fly. I've just been critical or I've been negative. And we need to have a solemn moment where we say, God, I really repent of that. Because your lips are used to praise God and your words are used to build others. That's what God wants to do out of your life. And so we might need to say, God, I repent. I am so sorry. God, show me on this list what you want to work on me in. You know, I've learned this. That's really what God wants. He wants our submission. And God is so good at just saying, let's just during this season work on this area. And like I said, maybe you needed to circle all of them, but maybe right now what God wants to do is just work on the negative talk. And just let, as we worship, let God speak that to you. And then God, just show me who you want me to build up in this season. Who, who, who am I to build up? And God, I want to speak faith at these areas. So as we worship, let's let God speak to us about how we need to fill this out. And you don't have to do it all, fill it out right now. You, you can obviously do it when you go home, but don't forget about it. Did y'all get something good today?